Anyways, we rub shoulders every day with people who are desperate, hurting, lonely. We may not even be aware of the dark road they travel. Sometimes we notice, sometimes we don't. The number of people who feel like they're drowning in a sea of hopelessness has multiplied through the pandemic, and, and it's just not slowing down. You know, that feeling of hopelessness often creates this deep experience of depression. Now, the Bible doesn't use the word dis- depression, except maybe in a couple of very modern translations. It uses other similar words like downcast, brokenhearted, troubled, miserable, despairing, and mourning. And throughout the Bible, there are stories of godly men and women who are struggling and battled through real dark times of hopelessness and depression. Uh, Many of us here right now, right, we're just going through a similar experience. So today we're moving back into the story of Jonah. Last week we told the story of the Bandurko Kazanseva family uh, and the storms they went through to get here. We talked about how God literally rescued them from the storm of the Ukrainian war and brought them here to refuge in Fort McMurray, and you just heard a whole lot more of their story. They experienced one storm after another from the time uh, the Russians invaded their cities in February to their arrival just this past week. You know, it's easy to to get discouraged, even depressed, when the storms uh, keep hitting. Uh, uh, Talking about storms. I posted this picture from Graham Watmouth from where the highway ends. This is the storm on Wednesday night. There were some very spectacular pictures taken of the storm. The storm is beautiful, right? But the storm is also fierce. That storm has spawned an out-of-control wildfire about 125 kilometers north of us, about 13 kilometers from the old bitumen oil field site, and is currently spanning around 75 hectares. This picture is from just behind the staging area for the winter road to Six Lakes that many of us use for our quads. Storms can be very destructive. And sometimes storms are from circumstances that are out of our control, like a lightning strike, but sometimes we create our own storms. And uh, as we talked about last week, um, uh, Jonah... He created his own storm because he chose to go it on his own, to go in the opposite direction from God. And uh, what I want to do is I, I want to pick up some things from a, a prayer that Jonah did in, in chapter 2. Uh, I mean, he's going down. It's, he's going down in the water. Uh, he's letting out this prayer. He finally gets rescued by this whale. No, big fish. We'll talk about that maybe. But, Is it a whale? Is it a big fish? Well, the writers called it a big fish, right? And uh, so I'll just leave it at that. I won't go through. I had pictures. But anyways, what I want to do, but what I want to do, this is a fascinating story full of symbolism and prophetic pictures. But what I'm going to do is is just with all of that as a background, I want to give you some practical steps, some biblical principles. Some of them I've grabbed from Rick Warren about what to do when life gets really dark, when, when it feels hopeless. It doesn't matter if you're the cause of the storm or, or, or you're just a victim of the storm. Uh, these principles hold either way. So let's work through some very quickly some very practical steps of what you can do when you're spiraling down, when, when, when you feel like you're drowning, when life is just overwhelming you, uh, just like Jonah's experience of darkness, despair, and utter hopelessness. And, and first off, we see in the story of Jonah... What we see in Jonah is that when you hit bottom, he's in the water, he's going down. When you hit bottom, you look up to God. The whole of chapter 2 of the book of Jonah is the prayer Jonah prayed when he was first going down and drowning in the ocean. 
And Jonah lets us know that when you're sinking, when you're going down, that's when you look up to God. When you're going down, you look up. Friends, it's, it's just so basic. When you're going down, you look up. But how many of us try to solve it all on our own and, and we just forget to look up? But friends, it's not rocket science. When you're going down, you need to look up. The writer of the book of Jonah says this, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed uh, to the Lord his God. But then, as we read Jonah's prayer in chapter 2, what Jonah is actually doing is he's retelling what was going on as he was going down in the water. The guys had thrown him overboard. They had chucked him overboard. He had said, hey guys, I'm the problem. The reason you have this storm, I caused it. The only way it's going to calm down is if you throw me over. So they throw him over. And yeah, uh, things instantly calm down, but not for Jonah. Jonah's going down, down, down. And what we learn from this prayer and, and right from the get-go is, is Jonah, he just prayed passionately with emotion. I mean, you might too if you're going down, down, down. I get that, but, but this is what Jonah said. I cried out of my distress to the Lord and he heard me. So I, can I put this in a way that maybe you'll remember it? When you're going down, you just need to look up and cry out. You look up and you cry out. We're, we're talking about passionate prayer, right? I cried out to God. Hey, when was the last time you ever actually really cried out to God? God wants you to tell him what's on your heart. He wants you to be a passionate about you. He, he's okay with your emotion. He, he made you emotional. He's, he's good with your emotions. He wants you to be authentic with him. He, he wants you to be real with him. Friends, when you're going down, the first thing you do is you, you look up and you cry out. You, you cry out with emotion. You, you, let know, you let God know exactly what you feel. And that leads to a, another thing you can do. You, you just tell God why you're feeling hopeless. Jonah just uh, spilled a whole list of things that are causing him to spiral downwards and, and to lose all hope. Here's what he prays. You, God, cast me into the deep water and I sank to the bottom of the sea. Everything was churning around me, and I was engulfed by powerful waves that overwhelmed me. Then I thought I'd been banished from God's presence, and, and I'll never get to see your holy temple again. I was scared to death, afraid I was drowning with water choking me and the seaweed wrapped all around my head. That's a fairly graphic emotional description there. I kept sinking down to the ocean floor, to the mountains that rise off the ocean floor. I, I felt locked in a prison forever. Jonah is just pouring his heart out to God. He's, he's letting God know exactly what he's feeling. He's feeling that, literally, he's in over his head, right? You cast me into deep water. He, he's feeling like he's head bottom. I, I sank to the bottom of the sea. He's feeling out of control and powerless. Everything was churning around me. He's feeling overwhelmed. I was engulfed by powerful waves that, that overwhelmed me. Do any of you identify with any of these emotions? Well, look up. Cry out to God and pour those emotions out to him. And Jonah, he, he just keeps going. He doesn't stop there. He tells God he's, he's feeling rejected or lonely. Then I thought I'd been banished from God's presence. And he's feeling remorse and regret. I'll never get to see your holy temple again. And he tells God that he's, he's got this, he's feeling a crushing fear. 
I, I was scared to death, afraid. I was drowning with water choking me and seaweed wrapped all around my head. Yes, he's scared and he's feeling trapped. I felt locked in prison forever. With all of these feelings of despair, of hopelessness, of, of crushing fear, what does he do? What does he do that we need to do? He just, he just asks God for specific help. Friends, we too, we need to ask God for specific help. This is what Jonah tells us. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. God, through the psalmist Asaph, says, Call to me in your times of trouble, and I will save you, and you will honor me. That's the story of Jonah. And what I would encourage you to do is to pray the word of God, pray God's word back to God, pray scriptures back to God. This is what Jonah is doing. One commentary I read uh, said that Jonah plagiarized his prayer. No, he didn't plagiarize his prayer. He, He prayed Psalm 18, and he used Psalm 18 as the basis of his prayer and a little bit of Psalm 27. We should do the same. Take your Bible, maybe the book of Psalms, or find the promises of the Bible, and pray those promises back to God. And so, with scriptures in mind, I mean... Jonah knows his Bible. What Jonah begins to do as he descends down and spiral into hopelessness, he remembers there have been times when God's been good. He focuses on the goodness of God. Friends, has God ever been good to you? Hey, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to mentally shift my mind when I'm hopeless. I'm, I'm going to have to choose to stop thinking about the things that are making me feel hopeless. And, and I'm going to have to choose to change the channel of my mind and, and start thinking about things that I know for sure are going to lift my spirit. You know, things like the goodness of God, how he's been good to me in, in the past, and, and uh, you know, just the greatness of God, the promises he's made to me, the future he has for me. Jonah then says... When I'd lost all hope, right? When I'd lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. Friends, that's the answer to hopelessness right there. When I'd lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. I turned back to the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the power of God and the love of God and the fairness and the justice of God and the kindness of God. I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. He's talking about heaven now, that that he knows his prayers are are, are reaching heaven. The Old Testament part of our Bible, as you know, is originally written in Hebrew. But the Greek word for turning your thoughts that is used in the Septuagint translation of the Old Testament that's found in our New Testaments as well, the Greek word for turning your thoughts is the Greek word metanoia. Metanoia is also the word we use for repent. Repentance simply means to turn around, to turn your thoughts. That's all it means. Friends, repentance doesn't so much mean stop doing bad stuff. Repentance means change your mind. Turn your thoughts. Think about, you know, think about it a different way. It means look at life from God's viewpoint instead of my own viewpoint. Look at the goodness of God, not the problems in my life. I turn my thoughts, metanoia, I repent. When you feel hopeless, you need to change the channel of your mind. You, you need to change your focus. Two weeks ago, we looked at a video clip from uh, the life of Corey Ten Boom, who rescued Jews during the Second World War and ended up in a, a Nazi prison because of that. She would say, you look at your problems, you'll be distressed. You look within, 
you'll be depressed. You look at Christ, you'll be at rest. It all depends on what you're looking at. You change the channel. When I'd lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once again, once more to the Lord. I mean, what a beautiful verse. And if that's all you get from this message today, that's awesome. That's, it's a powerful verse. Just, just hold on to it. My ministry here at Fort City for over 10 years now has been, for the most part, you know, really good. Despite floods, more floods, fire, and economic turmoil, it, it really has been a good, excellent experience to serve this church, to serve you. I, I love the people of this city. I, I love you. But for me personally, there was this low point I hit. At a, it hit me particularly hard. It was... Um, at the senseless death of a young man named Mark Wiley, who I had been investing a, a little bit of time in. Mark had been raised in a, a Christian home in Ontario, came to Fort McMurray to make money and live the good life. His story is typical of a number of young men and women. Uh, he got into the wrong crowd, partied too much, ended up you know, having to deal with alcohol and cocaine addictions. He got himself connected to AA and started to turn up at Fort City. He sought me out for support and uh, wanted to volunteer on the connection team. His life was turning around for the better, and I was pretty excited to see what was happening in his life. Then I got word that he was stabbed on Franklin Avenue, not far from where he lived, not far from the Peter Pond Mall, at around 3 in the morning. I can only guess that it was a drug deal or something like that gone bad, and to the best of my knowledge, his killers were never caught. I took his funeral, and I spoke words of hope. I do believe that Mark is spending eternity with Jesus free from his addictions, but I spiraled a bit personally, asking God where his protection and power is. While I could give the right theological answers, I'm good at that, I didn't like the answers in the moment. I didn't like that God would begin to work in a young man's life, call him back to himself, begin to, over, begin to empower him to overcome his addictions, although he struggled, but that God would be doing so much for this young man only for him to be stabbed to death in our downtown. I didn't like the picture I was getting of this guy asking to serve as a greeter the Sunday before all this happened in a dark corner on Franklin Avenue. I didn't like the picture of being powerless to help Mark. Had I failed him? Had Fort City failed him? Had God failed him? And, and I spiraled a bit. Those of you who have experienced friends and relatives who have died suddenly, maybe violently, or even taken their, their lives, you know what I'm talking about. A scripture that has helped me gain perspective on things like this is a, a scripture that reflects what Jonah has been uh, saying in chapter 2. The scripture I'm thinking of are these words of King David, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see Mark again in the land of the living. I will not, I won't figure everything out how God works in the middle of a sin-wrecked world still dominated by an evil one. But come eternity, I will see the goodness of God. Come eternity, all that is wrong in this world will be made right. This is the confidence that Jonah placed in God. So take a look at, at what Jonah does next. He says, I will sing a song of thanksgiving and, and I will sacrifice to you and I will do what I promised you to do because salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah expresses gratitude to God in advance. I mean, before God makes a move one way for another, he's, he's expressing gratitude to God while he's going down, right? And uh, all this is before he spit out on, on dry ground. 
And he gives God in, th- in advance and he makes some commitments to God. He promises to sacrifice to God as part of getting right with God. To translate that into today's terms, he promises to give sacrificially to God. He's going to express his commitment to God by being a sacrificial giver. And then he recommits to being on mission for God. He, he recommits to uh, going where God has called him to go, where, and he's going to do what God has asked him to do. He commits to go back to Nineveh. And that brings us to the last verse in this chapter. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. It's a wonderful picture. Anyways, Jonah is rescued. Jonah is saved. Um, He is saved for a purpose, to live for God and to be part of his mission in our world. Yeah, God has given him a second chance. And I think with that second chance, he hit the ground running to Nineveh to fulfill the promise he made to God. Two weeks ago, in Jonah chapter 1, we saw Jonah running from God. This week, in chapter 2, we see Jonah running to God. And next week, in chapter 3, we will see Jonah running with God. And this is where the story gets real exciting. So we'll see what we need to do when we get a second chance. So do come back next Sunday and, and, and catch us online either way. But today, would you just remember... That when you find yourself spiraling down into hopelessness, when when you feel like you're drowning, look up and cry out. Ask God for help. And express gratitude in advance by making a few commitments to God, the most important being that you will do what God asks you to do. Look up, cry out, ask God for his help. Commit to doing what he has asked you to do. That will turn your darkness to light and, and take that You're feeling like death and turn it around and transform it to life itself. Friends, he really does love you. Will you look up and cry out? Would you join me for a moment of prayer? First, I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer along with me. So let's pray. Father, I know that there are people in this auditorium and watching online who are feeling hopeless. There are people feeling in way over their head. There are some who feel out of control and powerless to change anything. God, would you help them to do what Jonah did and look up and cry out? Would you help them to repent and turn around and commit their lives to your calling on their lives? Now, pray this with me. Just take these words and pray them on your own. God, yeah, that's me. I do feel a bit hopeless and lost. Just admit, admit that to God. I'm looking up to you right now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for coming to my rescue. Today, I, I, I look to you, I, I, I cry out and I repent. I, I turn around and, and I commit to following you. Just make that commitment to him right now. Thank you that you are the God of second chances. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.